Hello, welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Nathan. Welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Today's topic, Son of the Mask, the second installment of the Mask franchise. The film stars Jamie Kennedy, Alan Cumming, Trailer Howard, Cal Penn, Stephen Wright and Bob Hoskins. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Going to go out on a limb here and say that this is probably going to be our shortest podcast ever. I mean, that's telling because <laughs> I know <laughs> that you've watched this for the first time. I watched yeah. this for the first time in 2005. I watched it at the cinema. To put okay. it in context, right, this is a comic book movie that came out the same year as another comic book movie, Batman mm. Begins. Varying quality. <laughs> Compared yeah, with this one to that say. one. <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, it was because it was a sequel to The Mask. I mean, no Jim Carrey. This time we mm. get Jamie Kennedy. Mm. Step up, step down, you decide. I don't know. <laughs> it's a definitely, it's a different experience, isn't it? But one that I definitely Difference feel warranted as a, you know, to review on the podcast. I'm glad that we're finally reviewing this film and i've got to be honest i've seen this film more than i should have i've seen wow are you serious yes honestly i would have seen this film one two at least five times which is i don't know four times too many that's five (laughs) that's four times too many well the thing is right (laughs) so watched it at the cinema and then i did watch it again at home Came back to it years later, and then I showed it to my kid, to my youngest, who's now five. Generally likes it, but then you can see the the appeal. Like the baby's put, you know, the baby's not putting on the yeah. mask, but the dog's putting on the mask. The baby is because of the mask. So there's a lot of fun animations regarding yeah. a baby. So there's appeal I there. You saying, yeah, I remember you saying off air that your, your kids really loved it, and I guess I can see why. Yeah, and then I was doing a rewatch for this just so the movie was fresh and my youngest sat and watched it again with me. So anyway, this movie does have an audience and I guess that's the way they were aiming younger. I mean, both The Mask and this movie are PG. But you, I mean, Mm. The Mask is a lot more adult. But saying that, I mean, there's there's some risque moments in, in this movie as well. I'm just struggling to remember what they were. Well, wearing the mask, you've got Jamie Kennedy's character, Tim Avery, has yep. sex. That's where that's the mask right. comes from. You've got the sperm with the mask head. So I think there's something oh, that right. would go yeah. over uh, kids' heads. But that's there's a bit off. A yeah, that's of, true. There's a lot of fun animations in there. So initially, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a follow-up to the original with Jim Carrey returning as Stanley Ipkiss. But Carey decided, after making Ace Ventura when nature calls, that playing the same character twice wasn't interesting to him at the time. So the sequel was shelved, and this standalone film was developed instead due to Carey's indifference to the project. Of course, Carey later did a sequel with Dumb and Dumber 2. He came back to... Yeah, that's there. that's contradictory. Saying he he didn't like the idea of playing a, a character twice. Oh, but so you can change. You have... No, no, no. You can change your mind, which you clearly yeah, did. Yeah, sure. Like, I'm not saying you can't. The, but it's back in the early noughties. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you're right. I, I think this movie definitely has 
more of a kid a kid friendly appeal and it plays like one of those old warner brothers cartoons which is kind of referenced you know with the dog and the baby yeah and, absolutely um, and i do enjoy that i've got to be honest i do mm, enjoy that because it's like watching a live yeah. action cartoon just this the way they do that scene with the dancing frog the old uh, Warner Brothers <laughs> yeah. cartoon yeah. and it's funny because i remember that cartoon from when i was a kid and i got a kick out of seeing that i must admit but uh it's very interesting that the baby then has the intellect to decide to look at that and go i'm going to do what this frog's doing and you know play up only when only in front of you know my dad and then when my dad tries to show my neighbor i'm not going to do jack yes mm. i'm going to drive my dad insane exactly. there's humor to be had in this film you just there need is. to you, you need to find it. it there is the film was a critical and financial failure upon release, being panned by both critics and fans of both the original film and the comic book for its story. Lack mm. of the original cast and moments too inappropriate for a PG film. It grossed $59.9 million against its... I think they've got it between 84 and $100 million. So I guess that's with marketing um, that pushed the budget up there. Mm. Kennedy would later talk in depth about his experiences working on the movie in the years since its release on his YouTube channel. Yeah, he did not have a good time with, with this film. Not surprised. We've talked a little bit about what this movie is about. A cartoonist faces a dilemma when his dog chances upon the mask of Loki after conceiving an infant son by the magical powers of the mask, he understands just how difficult child raising can be. So there you go. Puts on the mask. He has sex. That's where that's where the baby comes kid. from. But we mm-hmm. we heard the name Loki in that first movie, and I know it comes from the comics as well. But this movie actually gives us Loki, and this is years before Tom Hiddleston. So this is Alan coming as Loki and a lot of the time it's you know coming looking like coming with his hair gelled but we also see times where it's a more menacing look but he's got the green face like the mask yeah that's right yeah and it's he's playing it very slapstick um as opposed to the Loki we're getting with the Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh and for those out there who may not realize or don't remember Alan Cumming was indeed Nightcrawler in X-Men 2 Yes, and that was what two? I want to say two thousand and two. Was that two thousand and three? So it was an, it was five plus years after this movie. But you're right. Yeah, mm. that's another comic book movie that he made. Let's uh, let's yeah. start with the director, and then we can get into Jamie Kennedy and and all yeah. of that. This movie was directed by Lawrence Gutterman. If you're unfamiliar, he directed the feature films Cats and Dogs. Oh, and of course, this one. So Cats and Dogs was 2001, Talking Animals. And then in 2005, he did this movie. And he also did several episodes of Out of Jimmy's Head, which was a show between 07 and 08. I don't know what else. I was looking up what he'd done recently, and I wasn't finding anything beyond what I've just said there. So this guy was potentially just two and done. I don't know if he's directed any more films. Hmm. Well, okay then. Let's go on to Jamie Kennedy as Tim Avery. Now, yeah, okay. I mean, Jamie Kennedy, I knew him as Randy from the Scream movies and enjoyed him there. 
I've seen him in various other things, but I mean, come on, like that first movie gave us Jim Carrey, and wow, what a what a force of nature he was oh, in yeah. like everything like, that at that time, like hit after hit. I'm talking, you know, with the mask, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, 97 is doing things like Liar Liar. We've got Bruce Almighty. Mm. So many great films from Carrey. Like he was on a roll. Yeah, um, I think it's yeah, it's foolish. It's foolish to think that you can follow up uh, with another actor in a role, just uh, apart from Jim Carrey in, in that in that role. I think that's that's definitely a fool's errand. He made that role his own, and I mean Kennedy did what he could with it, but it's just you know it falls flat. It's just not the same, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, and I don't. I'm not putting any of the blame at Kennedy's feet. I think he's doing the best he could in the situation. And I've got to be honest, with what like, he had. Yeah, watching it now as a parent, I think I do enjoy it. In fact, no, I do. I enjoy it more now than when I first watched it. I, I think, mm. like many, there would have been a level of disappointment. You've got the comics. Not everybody had read them, but you know that it's an adult putting on the mask as the main character. And yeah, then you see the, the Jim Carrey movie and, and that's the character, you know, the green mask, the yellow suit, all of that. So mm. then you see this one, son of the mask, and you do get Avery as the mask for a limited time, like when the baby's conceived. Mm. And then again, later on, and it's a different look. He's got the, the orange hair, which was it yeah. added enough of a distinction to Jim Carrey, but it's, it's not a lot of that. So it, it just, it was very different. Like in it very much, it's about the I, baby. It's about the yeah. dog and Loki. Yeah. It's a different thing. I hated the look of uh, the mask when it was on Jamie Kennedy, just with the hair and everything. It just looked really shit. It looked plastic, really crap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah too, exactly right. Plastic is a perfect word. It looked, the CGI was terrible. It just, it was like he was trying to do a really bad Jim Carrey impression. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I, but I guess yeah. he was when he had the mask. Not, yeah, not as so Tim Avery. As Tim Avery is not doing Stanley Ipkiss, but you're right. No. As soon as he puts the mask on, right? Okay, so this is what the this is what audiences know the mask to act like. I'm yeah. just gonna do that. Yeah, and it just it just really it was so cringy. It was really really cringy. Before Kennedy was cast, Jack Black and Ryan Reynolds were offered. The role, oh, well, wow. but both turned it down. Mm-hmm. When asked why he agreed to do the film, Kennedy responded, "I'll give you two point five million reasons." Well, okay then. Uh, I mean, we've we all got to work for a living, so that's yeah. why he did the film. Because I'm sure, like, he read the script and thought, "What? Like, what a, is this?" He probably and thought, again, "What a steaming pilot dog." Well, again, if you're like, I'm playing the mask in a sequel to The Mask, wow, I'm going to get so much to do. All oh, right. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe I'm not. I'm the butt of all the jokes. And I get a little a little time in The Mask. You know, I did find yeah. it interesting with his name because you mentioned already like the throwback to old school cartoons. Tim mm. Avery is a reference to the cartoonist Tex Avery. And it was Tex Avery's go. wolf that we got the mask in Tim or impersonating or making yes. it look like the mask in, the first in movie. that first movie, which is um, mm. a pretty cool thing. That's interesting. Alan Cumming claimed 
that the working titles for the film were Attack of the Mask and Curse of the Mask. Mm, if I'm honest, right, it would have, but I quite like Son of the Mask, and it's literally what the movie's about. Yeah, that's true. It's directly referencing the storyline, so it, it's, it works. But I do like them as titles, though. Like we're still waiting on another version of the mascot, whether it's on the big screen, the small screen. And yeah, there's some good, good titles there. As the love interest, we've got Trailer Howard as Tonya Avery. And this was her last live action feature film. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I first saw her on that Ryan Reynolds sitcom, Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Place. Yeah, that's right. Sarah did mention that. Yeah, that was again. oh, that was a great show. Nathan Fillion was in that as well. That was a really good show. Mm-hmm. I remember her from that. She was also, in fact, you know what? She was in Me, Myself, and Irene with Jim Carrey. Oh wow! She was his, okay. I don't think wife, but fiance. It's been a while since I've seen that. But yeah, she was in that. And at the beginning of the movie, she cheats on him, mm. and that's what sets him off. So she's got mm. a Jim Carrey connection. That's pretty. Pretty cool. Oh, she was also the romantic lead in the Norm McDonald film Dirty Work. One of a one of my personal favorites. Okay. That's a very, very funny so film. She's been around. Yeah. Cal Penn, one half of Harold and Kumar. He's yes. in this and he gets very little to do. Yeah. There's not much happening with his character, to be honest. He's just a, 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 simply a morale support character for the lead character. Stephen Wright as Daniel Moss. So he gets some more to do. Like he's he's the boss that's signing off on Tim's work. Like he wants to move up in the oh, industry. Oh, that was him. Yeah. I always thought that was, La- that was Larry David. Looks like. Ah, I don't know. I mean, I, does it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Larry David's got that kind of hair and stuff. It looks like him. Seriously, Larry David, Google. are we talking? I know who Larry David is. I watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, not Larry David. Um, the guy. Okay, so maybe I'm getting my names confused. Right, I think okay. you are because he Never doesn't mind. Carry right. on. Yeah, anyway. I always thought that was Larry David. Okay, no, guess not. Moving on. Oh, a connection to the original mask. Ben Stein as Doctor Arthur Newman. He was in the opening, and Loki yes. lifts his face off recurring. his head. There He's the you one go. recurring character. Yeah, and, and for him, before the mask, I first saw him in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Bueller. Oh, wow. Bueller. Plays a teacher. It's funny. Mm, okay. mm. <laughs> You've seen it. Uh, it's a lot better when he does it. But, um, yeah, so that was cool. He makes a brief uh, a brief reappearance at the beginning, yeah. so that was pretty He's, cool. He serves as the link or the bridge to the first film. Well, he's the, the only, only Yeah, well, he is. He's the only actor to appear in both films, as well as... The Mask animated series is in that as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he's, you he's your connective tissue. Bob Hoskins is Odin. I mean, yes, he's Bob buried Hoskins. a lot under prosthetics in the costume, but he's in there somewhere. Is it, uh, It's him. And all he does the whole film is just shout, Loki, the whole damn film. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, wish I paid him to do that. Yeah, I mean, it is what it Bob is. Hux- Bob Hoskins cracked me up. I read somewhere you know, recently that when they when they filmed the Super Mario Brothers movie, he had no idea it was based on a game. <laughs> I know. I mean, how did you miss that? Oh man, that <laughs> cracks me up so hard. 
Yeah, but I know. But the the casting though, like when they would have met with him, like for the part, is that so? Who is it? He's an Italian plumber. <laughs> they get this British yeah, guy. Right. Mm. Yeah, and he has to put on an American accent. Yeah, the trailer looks pretty fun though for the new animated Super Mario Brothers film. But Chris Pratt. That's how bad, that's how bad this movie is. We're, to- we're talking about we're talking about the new Mario Brothers movie. Apologies. Yeah. Let's go back to let's go back yeah. to sort of the mask. Um, A name Alvi, that we should mention. Well, I'm just going to say Alvi Avery. There's two actors, Ryan and Liam Falcona. Okay, the kid. Yeah, we, yeah. we need to call it the kid. He is son of the mask. So there we go. Yeah. That was that actor. But who was you going to say? Who have we not mentioned? Magda Sabansky. Ah, there we go. Sharon from Captain and Kim. Yes, the neighbor. <laughs> She's a well-known Australian comedian for those listening abroad who don't know. She is, and she's currently the presenter on Weakest Link. She was the farmer's wife on Babe. So there you go. Mm-hmm. She has done a lot. And, yeah, she plays the nosy neighbor. That yes. tells me that uh, this film was probably shot in Australia. I mean, maybe. Oh. Yeah, I don't have that. I reckon it was. But, if they've yeah. got her on set, I reckon they were filming this in Sydney on a back lot or something like that because it's cheaper yeah, to film but- here than in the States. I'm not picking many other Aussies though. So, mm. you know, she could have maybe got on a plane, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, you never know. Guess we should find out. Maybe <laughs> send her a tweet. <laughs> I thought you were going to mention Bear the Dog as Otis. I thought that was the cast member that we should probably no, no, no. mention. But you're right, Magna. Yeah, now I'm glad that you called, called her out. But um, mm-hmm. Otis, yeah, we get a lot of um, fun scenes between the dog and the baby. That's, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty, pretty cool. Do you know what's pretty funny about Otis? We go back to the first mask film. What's Jim Carrey's dog's name? Oh, what are you doing to me? Um, I'm blanking. What is it? Milo. Ah, there we go. So the dog's name in this film is Otis. And that's a reference to the film Milo and Otis about a dog ah. and a cat. Going to take a walk outside today. Going to see what we can find today. That one. I don't know what that is, but it's a nice it's the tune. song from Mark. Dude, come on. It's the song <laughs> from Milo and Otis. I don't, I've never heard of Milo and Otis before. I'm hearing it for the first time. Oh, man. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. I, honestly, I don't even, I don't even know what it is, but we don't want to spend too much time talking about that and not Son of the Mask. So let's, let's right. try and stay on point. Okay, I'll look it up. I'll look it up afterwards. I will okay, look you. it up. Thank you. There's a big, there's a big inconsistency between the first movie and this one. In the first film, the mask only works at night, but in this one, it seems to work anytime, even anytime. during the day. So there you Plot go. Hole. Playing yeah. a bit free and loose there. Um, mm-hmm. The film was composed by Randy Edelman. Edelman wrote the theme to and scored many episodes of MacGyver. Of course, a popular TV series starring Richard Dean Anderson. Anderson, which we all loved as kids. Yes. I didn't really get MacGyver in the UK. Oh, dude. My introduction <laughs> to Richard Dean Anderson was Stargate SG1. Yeah, okay, I'll pay that. I'll pay that. Of him. You're killing me here, man. MacGyver was classic. I, I know that from conversations with my wife. I know in Australia it was a big thing and clearly a big thing oh, in yeah. the US, but growing up in the UK... <laughs> No, nah, like obviously A team and all of that, but I didn't really get 
Thanks for I'm rescuing sure. me, MacGyver. Don't thank me. Thank the sun's gravitational pull. <laughs> I don't even know. I've not even seen it. I've seen MacGruber, the spoof, with Will Forte, oh. but I've not actually seen MacGyver. Maybe I'll get you. you need to go day. back and watch. Yeah, do me a list. We'll, we'll talk about it off air. Mm. Yes, we will. During the 1980s and early 1990s, Edelman also collaborated with Ivan Reitman, producing scores for several of his comedies, including Ghostbusters 2, Twins, and Kindergarten Cop. He also contributed to Beethoven, The Mask. Ah, there you go. He did the first Mask movie. He did the Stallone movie Daylight, Anaconda, Triple X, My Cousin Vinny, While You Were Sleeping, Dragonheart, Shanghai Noon, Six Days, Seven Nights, The Engine in the Cupboard, Billy Madison. Holy crap. I had no idea. He was so prolific. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I, I prepared these notes, but I didn't realize. <laughs> I just like I thought that was never going to more excited as you're rattling off the names on his resume. And you're just like, holy crap. I had no idea he was so prolific. <laughs> it's like, wow, I like that film. I like this film. And then we get to Billy Madison, the Adam Sandler classic. Wow, what a what an impressive resume Randy Edelman has. And it includes more worked up then. <laughs> and it includes Son of the Mask. <laughs> this movie is on his resume. Wow, there you go. Not sure if it's his career highlight or not, though. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know what I just realized or noticed? The mask in this movie does not have any signature catchphrases. Jim Carrey, yeah. he, he, would, he said smoking, somebody stop me and stuff like that. He would say stuff like that, and there were these kind of like catchphrases. But this this mask doesn't have any personality about it. Good it doesn't have any points. Pers- no it's all pizzazz. about the baby. Yeah, it's all about the baby. This mask just just feels dead on his feet. You know. You you missed one. It's time to p a r t y because I got her. I got her. Yeah. And I remember they they used that for the animated series as well. I like it. Yeah, I vaguely remember the animated series. No, you mentioned it. Rings a bell. Oh, I used to watch it all the time. Like back in the 90s, Jim Carrey, although he wasn't involved, animated series that spun off from his films, The Mask, Ace Ventura, and Dumb and Dumber. All three had animated series, and all three were good. I enjoyed watching them. Okay. But back to Son of the Mask. (laughs) Again. Yet again. On the possibility of a third film, Mike Richardson has said, we've been talking about reviving the mask, both in film and in comics. We've had a couple of false starts. In 1986, he founded Dark Horse Comics, which is a award-winning international publishing house. I didn't know. It's actually located in Milwaukee, Oregon. So there we go. go. So they've been trying to do more with the mask. And recently, I think it was maybe last year or the year before, they put out a limited series. And it was a combination of the mask and politics. And it was was pretty decent. I think it only went for about four issues. rings a bell. I think I did I think I yeah. do remember hearing about that. I think it was a limited run. And I think I may have heard at some point Netflix wanted to do something with it. But yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I um I did get the the original mask comics that Dark Horse put out just on the strength of the first movie alone, because I love the first movie so much in cinemas that uh it, as a teenager it, it made me you know run out and get the the graphic novel uh, the the mask and it's a lot darker and a lot more violent than the movie. So I have heard even, that, even, yeah. even the even the original movie uh, did tone it down a bit and made it more cartoony, you know? 
um, that scene with the mufflers uh, and then the uh, mechanics shop in the in the movie, much more violent and bloody in the comics. Yeah, yeah I need but, to. Um, Have you got? Did you say you've got those? Yeah, I'll dig them up for you. And you can oh, borrow. nice. Yeah, and no, I, I want to go back and look at those. Yeah, I've not read the the early comics. Um, okay, Son of the Mask. Let's um, what's the role? <laughs> Let's go back to I'm Son of the Mask. I think we're our way back to it. Yep. Um, so if you're going to rate this movie out of five, hmm, where do I start? Um, I'm going to probably come in at maybe like say two. Two is pretty is probably my lowest rating I've ever given a film from memory. Um, I don't think I've ever gone one. I'm tempted to go one with this, but I'm going to be generous and give it two. Uh, the only thing reason it gives it, it gets a two for me is that uh, the start of the film is set in Edge City. You do have that that um, that guy who uh, who's a specialist psychologist come back and and talk about the mask. So they're the, they're the only two links to the original film. Um, that's a, a nice bit of continuity there. Um, apart from that, the thing just didn't really do it for me. I just thought, oh, what a joke. It was just cringy. I hated the the CGI. I didn't like to look at the mask. I, 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 suppose, the, I suppose the other thing that gives it a two for me is the, the Warner Brothers cartoons angle we spoke about earlier. That was pretty cool. You know, uh, a bit sort of um, absurdist sort of humor. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really care for it. Didn't enjoy watching it. I was largely unfazed by it. Uh, true for me, not getting any better than that. Yeah, I'm going to come in at a two also, and and that's a high rating if I'm honest. And it's because you know I can sit and watch it with my kids, and they like it. I'm sure they'd rate it a lot higher than a two. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's not a good film. I mean, it, it isn't like it's, you know, I don't like saying that to be honest, but it's not, mm. it's not a good film. And I think if we sat here and said it was, people wouldn't believe us. It really mm. isn't. But Definitely. there is things to enjoy. Like you mentioned not liking the CGI and, you know, this is like, you know, mid noughties CGI, but because it's CGI effects, like it's, it's like a live action cartoon sequence. I can kind of forgive it mm. and go with it. It's just how the mask's abilities appear. So I can kind of forgive the CGI, but yeah, to go from Jim Carrey to Jamie Kennedy, and again, that's not Kennedy's fault, and they went in a different direction, not relying on Kennedy as someone who's going to carry this film. I mean, Mm. top build on this film is Kennedy and Alan Cumming. Yeah. You know, they clearly purposely went in a a different direction, but you mentioned that, the, the quotes from that first movie and just Jim Carrey and that, everything that he brought to that film. The movie, the first film's tagline from Zero to Hero, it had everything. That first film was a complete package and this movie just is far from that. So yeah, it's, oh, a, it's a two out of five and I think I potentially watched it for the last time. I think five times is more than enough. I think I'll, <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> I've, I've watched it once and I have no desire to watch it again. I mean, because I'm a completist, I have the DVD. There you go, I said it. Mm. I've got this movie mm. on DVD. But if you don't, uh, it is currently I, streaming on Netflix, so you that. can watch it. I get that. I'm a completist as well, so I understand. I'm like that with music, so I totally get that, why you would want that on DVD. But that's probably the only reason I could think to get it. And even <laughs> then, it would just sit there and collect dust. Tell you what, though, although I haven't watched them, a lot of special features, 
it could have probably given me some more talking points, but I feel as though we've spent enough time talking about this movie. Yes, we yes, we have. Somebody stop this podcast. <laughs> well, that's it for our episode all about Son of the Mask. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.